Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Dangerous World Podcast, Alex Stein's favorite podcast, it turns out. I did not know this, Brandon. I'm, I'm chatting right now with Alex Stein of Conspiracy Castle's favorite co-host. How are you doing this evening, Brandon Peacock? I'm good, man. I'm happy to be uh, evidence of cancel culture uh, present in the conspiracy uh, theory community here no i'm just kidding we obviously had a little bit of a blow up with alex stein the other night uh i would encourage people to i to was listen. trying to I, I was trying to be serious and say that he gave you a great shout out and i would recommend anyone go and listen to his memorial monday episode on rockfin <laughs> but uh you know breaking the fourth wall it's fine you know it, it was it was interesting man uh you do have that great way brandon of um pissing people off in a very passive way and that's something that is a gift and a curse i would say Definitely. Uh, some might even call it just making a good point. Uh, but again, I know a majority of our listeners don't agree with me on a whole uh, number of stuff, but uh, we can at least li uh, listen and, and, and talk to each other. I think that we've proved episode sure. uh, episode uh, and then another episode and then another episode. We just keep doing that. So uh, I hope that the, the lines of communication still stay open. I am totally uh, over and, and done with Alex as he seems to be with me. Fuck. Uh, so so we'll, we'll we'll move past that and just get on sure. to uh, the, the the danger at hand, man. Yeah, you didn't seem to uh, be able to get your point across. Uh, so we just had to address the controversy up front here. Get ahead of it. Get ahead of the canceling. Um, but, you know, anyway, man, um, really, really exciting stuff going on over here with us. Um, wish everyone in the podcasting world luck um, because it is getting heated. These people eat their own, man. These people eat their own. Um, so we'll just see how things work out. Uh, best luck to uh, to everyone of the uh, Conspiracy Castle listeners and all that stuff. think Alex will get over it. You know, we'll see. But, um, you know, again, it was a fun conversation, man. We talked with Legit Bat. We talked with a lot of different guys. Wicked Planet. Um, Lala jumped in late after you got kicked off, Brandon. Um, who else was was in there with us? A uh, couple listeners after on the, the Conspiracy Castle show, but... Uh... Um, that was I think Mark, that, oh, Mark. Mark jumped in there, of course. My family thinks I'm crazy. Podcast. That's right. Who we're going to have uh, come on uh, and talk about Tartaria with him, uh, one of his buddies, and then a Tartaria skeptic. So hopefully it doesn't go the same way that the last episode did. Um, <laughs> but you know, in all seriousness, this is a fun thing. We really enjoy it, and uh, we're bringing you lots of cool shit here. This uh, evening we're going to be talking about the Arab Spring, which I'm not. 100% familiar with. I, I know that there was some shady shit going on. This was under the Obama administration, right? Um, Brandon will get into some of the history regarding the Arab Spring. But um, real quick, too, an update about my dog. Uh, quite a few people were messaging me. I had a dog that I thought I had to put down last week. Met a awesome, wonderful vet out here in uh, Marana, Arizona, named um, 
believe his name is Michael Robinson, Dr. Robinson, um, super old school dude, hooked us up very, very inexpensive and just lopped this tumor off instead of trying to cut his leg off and do all this, you know, bending over for all kinds of shit. So uh, really appreciate all the well wishes and it, it seemed to have worked. So uh, with that being said, dude, Arab Spring, um, John Brennan, okay, is a very, very shady character. Um, I know you're probably a fan, dude. A lot of, you know, Trump supporters or uh, freedom lovers, as you may like to call them, they know John Brennan as first, you know, really one of the guys that was behind the drone, uh, Obama's drone uh, strategies in the Middle East, where he bombed the fuck out of these people so much that the United States ran out of fucking bombs, dude. I mean, this is it's. A little obscene, um, you know, it, he made statements where, you know, Americans may have problems with war that looks like a video game, blah, 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 just making his casual cool guy jokes, you know, um, meanwhile, killing all kinds of innocent people, drone striking weddings, killing kids, which, you know, it's going on all the time. War is hell. We hear that all the time. Um, but John Brennan was the architect of this. And then more recently, he was someone, according to Dan Bongino, uh, who I am starting to think more and more is a hack. Um, but he believes that John Brennan was really behind the impeachment hoax, the Russia collusion hoax, uh, with Donald Trump. Okay. But you've got a few players there, obviously. The reason I bring him up so early, Brandon, is because he has a very shady past. Um, what do you know about John Brennan other than his career at the CIA? Yeah, literally, uh, his career at the CIA is all that I've dug into about him. What, what? If there's one thing that you're going to tell, I mean, you've mentioned a few things that you that, that he's alleged to be a part of. What, what's the one thing that a passerby you would just scream at them uh, in order to make them think uh, less of of Mr. Brennan there? Well, it's a loaded question. It's a, there's a lot of stuff there. Okay. So before he was the director of the CAA, he was, you know, deputy director. He kind of worked his way up the chain. But the thing I find most interesting, especially since we're talking about the Arab Spring and all this controversy and these civil wars in the Middle East, um, before 9-11, he was a CIA station chief in Riyadh. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Riyadh is a country or a, I, I guess a region, I'm sorry, in Saudi Arabia. OK, now some claim that this that he was a uh, uh, station chief in Jeddah, which is another region of Saudi Arabia. But the point here is he stamped the tickets of Mohammed Atta and the other 18 hijackers of the 9-11 incident. OK, the CIA was adamantly telling John Brennan, do not let these people through. Do not let them through. I don't care what you do. Don't let these 19 guys through. He overrode their concerns, and he had the, the ability to do so as the station chief of Saudi Arabia. And a few months later, 9-11 happens, okay? Not to mention, uh, Robert Mueller became the director of the FBI a week before 9-11 as well, okay? Robert Mueller's another one of those players in the impeachment scandal with Donald Trump. Uh, but there's a lot more, okay? John Brennan is rumored to be a... Uh, Muslim convert. Okay. So, you know, he, when he swore in as his, um, at his, his role heading the CIA, rather than doing it on a Bible, he used the constitution of the United States, which he's shitting all over too. Right. Um, this is the guy that just a few weeks ago said that anyone that is not far left, literally, even including libertarians, all of these people are possibly right-wing extremists. 
again, even, even libertarians, right? I mean, anyone that doesn't just side with basically, if you're not left of Barack Obama, you're probably a right-wing extremist to John Brennan and friends, okay? Um, now, in 2014, this whistleblower, Greg Ford, of the 223rd uh, Military Intel Battalion, claimed all of these allegations. He says that, you know, he was, uh, I believe, present when uh, John Brennan, as the CIA station chief in Riata, um, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. If you guys want to look it up, it's R-I-Y-A-D-H. I mean, these people, I, I think you probably got to say like Riata or some shit because it's got that H. Um, but, I, you know, th this was really fascinating, dude. So I kept kind of digging into it with all of the mud that Trump slang during his presidency. And he was being attacked by John Brennan. Why didn't Trump bring this up? You know what I mean? This leads me to believe more and more that Trump was just part of the theater. And they're going pretty hard on him. There's rumors right now that he's going to get indicted criminally uh, on or around July 4th just to really throw it in people's faces. That's just going to be theater, you know, um, and it's just more more of this bullshit. Like, you know, we want to see some kind of chaos, right? We want to see some serious change as citizens. You know, a lot of people are fed up with the government, even people that support the current administration, I feel. And maybe you can speak more for that side here, Brennan. I feel like there's a lot of frustration with the way that things have been ran, whether it be Obama, Trump, Bush, Reagan, anyone going back to fucking, you know, probably JFK. Yeah, the the perspective that people are taking when they're talking about what agencies like the CIA are doing and phenomena like the Arab Spring, when pe different people look at them, they're obviously going to come away with different ideas about what the whole thing meant. Let me just restate because I think it's I, I think it's potent to this conversation to just restate how not not a fan how much I am not a fan of the government. Okay, I yeah. I, I, I I often talk about the fact that I am a globalist, uh, the fact that that I'm a a, lep a leftist. I sometimes joke that I'm a corporate shill, uh, shill uh, you know, a, a communist sympathizer. Um, those things I say in, in tongue-in-cheek, yeah, tongue-in-cheek, tongue I'm kind of, kind of joking about them to lay, to lay it out instead of global, like instead of nationalism, I'm a globalist. Like uh, in my, in my way of thinking, I care more about my world than I do my country. Uh, when I joke about being a corporatist, corporatist shill, it is again, very tongue-in-cheek because I, I, I see just how much of a corporatist every single uh, United States president has been for a very, very long time. Uh, early on, I think in our uh, podcasting career, I kept bringing up the idea that I think we can, that the conspiracy theorist slash conservative ideology and the liberal, even the liberal conservative theorist ideologies can meet up on the idea that being anti-corporatist is a good thing and that the fights that we have the people we should be most worried about uh, are with the, the 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 corporations people define corporations differently they 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 see the way that the state they think about the way that the state should interact with corporations in different ways and i think in america american politics has been split on those those ideas largely to a large extent 
the thing about corporations is that they are very, very powerful, just like uh, just like political uh, organizations in spreading propaganda, propaganda in shaping the public opinion of this uh, this corporation, that corporation, that government agency or this one. Um, and it's all to further their their own profits. And I, I, I will even say that profits to a certain extent is not the best way to to measure what they're really really trying to get which is 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 power so that all being said the you know the accusations about john john brennan uh that you make i am not really really interested in pushing back against Uh, obviously we can't do it here because i haven't seen the kind of information that that you're uh you're looking at obviously but i i share a whole bunch of the sentiment and a much a majority well and i won't say a majority a good portion of the left, even the far left, share these same kinds of, of uh, fears and concerns about organizations like the CIA, individuals like John Brennan, and yes, uh, even um, even presidents like uh, 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 Joseph Biden. Um, so we, <laughs> Joseph, we we have some some scared shared game in there. Honestly, when we come on here and talk about. The majority of the time that we talk about specific incidents, specific accusations, it's it's more a uh, a skeptic perspective that I come sure. from, where I want to figure out how how do we go about figuring out what is fact, what is fake news, and what's otherwise. So, well, you probably should have made that more clear on Memorial Day. <laughs> you know what I mean? But no, you know, and, and no. you're making a good point, dude. But like, you know, when I when I bring up the John Brennan stuff. I think that we all agree, undeniably, that 9-11 was horrible, right? Uh, we lost a lot of freedoms, okay? And the, the whole idea here of it being a false flag event, we're not saying that no one died, okay? The problem here is that if someone like John Brennan, who had a lot of pull in Saudi Arabia, um, he often, he's on record bragging with Chuck Todd in interviews and, you know, who's another shill, all of these several interviews where he's sitting there and just saying, you know, they've got I've got a great relationship with my counterparts in Saudi Arabia and much of the Middle East uh, doesn't really talk too highly of Israel. Seems like a Muslim extremist sympathizer uh, or Islamic extremist sympathizer, whatever the correct term is. Uh, so I don't offend anyone in ISIS. But, you know, it's just to me, it just gets to the point where when is it too much or is this trying to kind of push the narrative that 19 hijackers? actually took down the twin towers right because there's all kinds of theories that there was bombs inside maybe there was maybe it was a little bit of column a a little bit of column b uh at the very least if the the true narrative is is actually what we can follow here uh john brennan absolutely perpetuated the 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 cause and he helped bring down those this is probably my last episode after this okay john brennan's a very scary guy he's a lot of power but (laughs) in all honesty i'm i'm very uh very happy with my life so just know um, but it, it, you know, it, it, it continues from here, dude. So this whole episode, I promise is not about John Brennan. Brennan's well, going to get into a lot of history when it comes to the Arab spring. And I have a, a decent amount of stuff on that too. Yeah. But, yeah. I, th- I think the way that you're talking about John Brennan and the way that the CIA can put its fingers in the American public's life is best. Ref- well, we get a glimpse of it. We get a glimpse of it in foreign theaters, right? In the ways that yeah. the CIA has definitely, been a part and the larger US government has been a part of the overthrow assassinations and incentivizing of protests and uprisings all across the world 
on a large scale, like nobody's a whole bunch of people are not going to be quick to deny uh, that these things are happening. You know, it's, 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 it's even a skeptic will agree with you in the fact that uh, as I'm going to get into the CIA had a part in overthrowing uh, the quote unquote democratically elected government of, (laughs) of Iran in 19, in 1953. Um, Glad they, you put that in quotes. And then in the the Arab Spring, uh, we'll get into the specifics of it, but it's not. It doesn't even. You don't even need the CIA's help in this. You can just say that it's American and Western propaganda that's pushing to the overthrow of these sovereign nations as leaders, their governments. Uh, or you could have the Mossad's help if the CIA is not <laughs> enough. The Mossad's pretty good at fucking shit up. You yeah, know, I I think the the, the conversation that we're going to have here. The reason you start off with John Brennan is because. The idea here is look at how look at how the U.S. and the CIA specifically have have interfered in these foreign theaters, and you get an idea of the distance to which they will go and the methods that they will use in changing whatever um, uh, on our side of the pond. You know, at home homegrown society, uh, they get to, they they we get an idea of again the extents to which they'll go and and the mechanics that they'll use to 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 change that. Yeah, dude. Well, I'll rattle these these last few things off because I'm not done with old John Brennan yet. Okay, that's good. Uh, So I'll 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 move quickly through these because I know we have a lot to get into here. But um, Trump did try to uh, revoke his security clearance. However, the White House denied that. Could be more theater. Okay, Um, but this is this is on record here. Just gets worse and worse. Okay, he also convinced this uh, director at the time, George Tenet to cancel a 1998 raid and capture on none other than George Bush's friend, Osama bin Laden. Okay. Uh, Three months later, bin Laden and the Taliban attacked U.S. embassies all across the Middle East. Okay. Um, This was brought up by Senator Saxby Chambliss, I believe is how you pronounce his name, at John Brennan's confirmation hearing. Now, he also thwarted several attempts to pressure the Saudis uh, to help with the bin Laden intel. Okay, and one of the most confusing and or condemning, however you want to see this, aspects of John Brennan and his infatuation with the Muslim culture or Muslim people, whatever you want to call this, he revoked this so-called 28 pages, and he even refers to it as the 28 pages. He admits to taking them out, but he does this very, very sort of gaslighting thing where he's acknowledging that he did take out these 28 pages from the 9-11 Commission but he calls them the so-called 28 pages, implying that they're not real, but he does admit that he took them out, okay? Now, in an interview, I believe this was the one with Chuck Todd, uh, he refers to these 28 pages, like I said, so-called, okay? He implies that basically what he was saying is that these 28 pages were implying false narratives, okay? Very, very easy thing to say if you just want a little bit of information swept under the rug and you're someone as powerful as John Brennan, who at the time was was, you know, making his rounds and getting up to the point where he's going to be very powerful in the CIA. I'm not sure if he was deputy director at this point or what exactly he was, but they're all tied in very closely at the top. And he was also the first ever director of the CIA counterintelligence. Uh, or I'm sorry, counterterrorism agency, which was specifically put in place after 9-11 to thwart specifically Muslim extremist uh, terrorism. So uh, just to be clear, a possible Islamic extremist sympathizer 
literally became the first ever head of an anti-terrorist organization, which dictates how we deal with our biggest enemies. These were our biggest enemies for decades, man. Everyone was scared of ISIS. Everyone was scared of Al-Qaeda. And, you know, the media did their part by really sort of perpetuating this fear. And I mean, the the Islamic people, they, they may be great people, right? But there's this very interesting sect of extremism, whether it's, you know, perpetuated by the government or not, there's something going on there. Um, but I mean, I don't know. What do you what do you think about all that? <clears throat> I think uh, after we talk about some of the dynamics of the Arab Spring, and I don't even know if the, 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 the research that I have to share will touch on this, but we'll make room for it. Uh, okay. The idea that you have to play ball with um, uh, organizations, community leaders, uh, community, I guess community leading uh, organizations in these um, North African and Middle Eastern countries, if you want to change the hearts and minds of the people of those countries, that is a question that is up for debate, I think. Um, I'll, you know, I intellectually align with with a guy, Sam Harris, um, who is sort of been called a, a neoconservative because he does, for instance, he did, for instance, support the invasion of Iraq, um, mm. but is also a, an, an atheist. And also sees, you know, and the atheists are normally the, um, the the social justice warriors, especially for religious minorities. But he, in yeah, but he in particular uh, sees a real problem and issue with the the core tenets of of Islam, and that he will even tell you, you know, in, affects the way that he thinks about uh, foreign policy and and, and and U.S.'s interference in these in these. Uh, foreign theaters that is all to say that i think the specifics of what john brennan what any any organization any uh, american leader was doing in interacting with muslim uh muslim arab and persian leaders um mm -hmm. you you gotta you gotta sparse you gotta parse those out i mean you know that uh that the bush the, sorry the trump administration was working with a whole bunch of uh, what we would largely call terrorist organizations, right? Uh, sure. Organizations that have bits of them that have been linked to terrorism, but because these religious, you know, can you name, can you name some, I mean, I, I'm not doubting you at all. I'm just yeah. curious, like who you're, who you have in mind. Well, the Taliban comes to mind first, right? The Taliban, that's the fundamentalist, uh, Islamic group that has made life hell for Afghanis, especially especially women and children over the past 30 years or so. Um, so th there, there, I think, is an instance in which I don't blame, I quote-unquote blame the Trump administration for getting in cahoots with this organization um, who, you know, really poses a regional threat in the Middle East. But because I see, I, I think I see that Trump is trying was trying to reform the Middle East, like was trying to actually get power. That is a that that though implies that the uh, implies that the U.S. actually wants peace in the Middle East, and I think yeah. uh, a whole bunch of people just because they can look at so many anecdotes throughout history where the U.S. has intentionally put their finger and uh, in and stirred the pot in order to 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 uh, stir chaos. Um, that might not be the 
that might not be true. You know, American leaders, uh, Western leaders might not want peace in the Middle East. Um, Israel comes to mind first, right? Like they <laughs> they can't get their shit together. It makes sense why they can't. But Israel and Palestine just won't get together, man. It's it's it's. it's well, Palestine's not a real country, right? It's recognized by the UN, but I don't think that I know they have their flag and stuff, but um, it's technically not even a country, correct? That I mean, in the same way that Taiwan is not a, a, a country, and you know that that is. Mm, I don't know. I think it's a little different, but um, I don't know, man. I, I I feel bad for the people of the Middle East. I mean, there's a lot of they've just been fucked with for their entire lives. You know, since they're you know for generations and generations, it'll probably never change, man. Um, beautiful people, really interesting, you know, history and culture, and pretty hairy, right? Uh, they probably haven't heard of Manscaped. I'll tell you that. And uh, I t- I'll tell you something. We've heard of Manscaped because now Dangerous World Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Okay. You heard that correct here, guys. We are extremely excited to bring Manscaped on board and get you guys uh, tuned up below the belt here. They are the below the waist grooming champions of the world. Okay. And through us, Manscaped is offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels. All right, Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. And uh, I mean, you can join over 2 million men worldwide who have just, uh, you know, just been trusting Manscaped, dude. I'm surprised that they haven't had to change their name to Personscaped because ladies, you can use this too. You know what I mean? Fun fact, I already had one and I'm using the one that they so graciously sent us uh, for my face. So, I mean, you don't have to shave your balls just because it tells you to shave your balls with it, right? Um, you can go to their website, manscaped.com, enter the promo code DANGER, and that will get you 20% off. Make sure you use the code, okay? Don't buy it without the code because then we don't get credit. And we're in a very, very crucial time period. We got to really prove ourselves to Manscaped, okay? Uh, so, again, DANGER is the code that you use to get 20% off. You're supporting a great podcast. Again, Alex Stein's favorite. And, you know, Manscaped, they got some legit shit. What is your favorite uh, thing about this lawnmower, Brandon? I saw you uh, diddling with it over there. Yeah, so, again, breaking the fourth wall here. Uh, I used this thing as soon as they sent it to me because I had, I had been saving up. You know, I've been letting my long my long grow for a little bit longer just in preparation for this. And what turned out to be the best bit of it was this little LED uh, light that they have at the at, at the front of it here. Um, it really helps for those nooks and crannies that I have not been able to hit <laughs> very successfully in the past. I mean, you, you seem like you have a, a really wrinkly pubis region. Is that true? I mean, your my balls. No, the pubis, like where your pubes are wrinkly no i've never heard it called that tasty smelly spicy a couple couple different things but not not not, not exactly i mean but I, i'll tell you it's looking a lot fresher these days i mean i've used the straight razors before and once you get like where the bat wing normally happens once you get into that area it can be very very dicey but yeah these the uh, this this technology right here it is cutting edge they're using this uh this ceramic blade that they have in it that just reduces grooming accidents. Um, again, keep you keep you from from nicking yourself the way that I have many times in the past. But yeah, guys, all the more reason for you guys to go to manscaped.com. Use the promo code Danger, you'll, where you'll get twenty percent off and free shipping. Keep your balls fresh, unlock your confidence, and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. 
So anyway, with as far as like all this other shit goes with the Arab Spring, okay? I talked my piece. I spilled my guts about John Brennan. Uh, touched on Robert Mueller a little bit. Um, do you want to get into the history of the Arab Spring? I think we, it'd be good to start off kind of just talking about these countries that the civil wars were really going on. I know for a fact there was like Iraq, Iran, Libya, Syria, Yemen, and Somalia. I believe Egypt as well, right? Yeah, we also had uh, Sudan, uh, Oman, uh, uh, Jordan, Palestine. Um, let's see, the, the, an area in, in the western part of northern Africa called Mauritania, uh, Morocco, Tunisia. Tunisia is actually where it started. Um, I know you guys have heard the, the term Arab Spring being uh, tossed around a lot. And even for people who love conspiracies, I know that foreign history can be a little bit like daunting to get into. So I'll, I will just start off with the, uh, the Wikipedia definition of the Arab Spring. Take it, take it as, you, as you will here. So the Arab Spring, it says, was a series of anti-government protests, uprisings, and armed rebellions that spread across much of the Arab world in the early 2010s. And most of the time, it looked just like what you were talking about, Ryan, kind of civil wars. Um, the way, though, that we think about civil wars, especially in America, is very, very different, I think, than the way that uh, civil wars have happened in the middle of the 20th century and uh, the early 21st century of the Middle East, just because of the fact that nations at this time, around that, that, that time, they had like not been a thing for a, a while. Really, what was done by... Uh, making portions of the Middle East and Northern Africa into nations, what you did was you just threw a whole bunch of people who were previously kind of separated by ethnic and religious backgrounds, quite, quite, you know, they, they, they had strong divides between them and they all forced them into these, this national paradigm. Um, well, which, civil wars yeah. too, they can, they can look so different. Obviously in the U S you're correct. We do think of the civil war, our civil war, the gray guys against the blue guys. That's the civil war. Um, America has this great way of kind of sort of like misrepresenting the facts by just over like grossly simplifying what it is, right? The civil war, that's the civil war. That's the revolutionary war, right? That's what we call him. We also call our Christian God, just God. You know, we don't have a name for our God. It's just God, right? Um, so I, I, to be clear though, I think we're in a civil war right now. Uh, it's, it's probably pretty cold, but I, I think that there's a civil war going on in the US now. And uh, these things also kind of seem like color revolutions in a way, right? Uh, sort of, right? There's a, There's a little difference there. But we're going through something, whether it's a revolution or a civil war, there's absolutely something here in the United States. And I do want to point out in 2010, Obama took office in 2008, correct? So he he definitely uh, was, was getting in there, uh, a Muslim uh, brotherhood type dude getting in there. And I think he's pretty, pretty like open about his his sympathy for the Muslim brotherhood. Um, very interesting, um, just because of the fact that you get these these characters. Um, this guy Wesley Clark talked with this dude Paul Wolfowitz, who was a Bush aide. Okay, and he said that there were these countries, those countries that I previously mentioned, the Iraq, Iran, Libya, all those guys. He casually mentions to this Wesley Clark that these countries are targeted for regime change, and it's because they the the United States specifically wants to have their fingers 
in everything going on all around the world, really. But the Middle East is so rich with resources that you really want to get in there and you want to take their shit, right? Um, it's kind of interesting. I learned recently that there's a huge lithium mine in, I believe, Chile. And we won't touch it because China has all the rights to our lithium. To the lithium that we want to use in the U.S., we have to go through China. And I will say that that wouldn't have happened under Trump, okay? Again, not a huge Trump supporter. I've really had a falling out with him personally and sexually, okay? But it's getting to the point where it's like, dude, what are we going to do here? Because we are selling our fucking souls to China right now, literally. I mean, it, it, or figuratively for you, Brandon. But I'm just saying, like, it's it's there's something that needs to be done here. And this Paul Wolfowitz is a total scumbag. This was... Like, so he was one of the first advocates of the Iraq war, which is one of these big areas, right? One of these big countries under, you know, in this category of the Arab Spring, first advocates of the Iraq war to sort of destabilize the area. And he publicly denied influencing the civil war that followed the U.S. invasion. Okay. And I find it also kind of funny. This is just a nice little tidbit about Mr. Wolfowitz here. Uh, he's a Polish Jew. Okay. So he may have a little grudge, which, you know, rightfully so, but uh, it gets to this point where, dude, this guy left the Pentagon for the World Bank and he had to resign two years later. He left. He he led the World Bank and he had to leave because he was fucking one of the Libyan chicks there. Uh, Shaha Riza is her name. OK, um, scandalous, dude. Pretty corrupt. I'm not I'm not, you know, against getting your dick wet. You know, make sure that you use Manscaped 20 percent off if you use the code danger if you're going to get your dick wet, but you got to make sure that you don't, you know, like you can't be like uh, shitting where you eat, so to speak. Right. And you bring up figures like that after, you know, I introduced the, the concept of the Arab Spring because we're implying that they're that they're together, that the CIA continuously is denying that they're part of these uprisings, the, inst the instigations of these uh, uh, civil wars. But just plainly in front of our eyes, we can see that that's not the case. And to whatever end, you know, that, 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 that occurred in whatever any of these countries where there was a civil war, uh, to whatever end, that end will make the world less, less safe and less prosperous for, I don't know, do you think of it as the um, America who's being most hurt by these? Or do you see like countries like Libya? I, I guess you have to take it on a case by case basis. Is there is there a broader yeah. way? Yeah. No, no, no. I would say like, dude, it's not good for anyone. I think that what it like who it benefits, it benefits the corporations of the world, the oil corporations, the banks. OK, these these little think tanks, the World Economic Forum, especially lately, that's a big one that's under question. These Bilderberg type people, um, Council on Foreign Relations, the elites is who benefit. doesn't matter what color your skin is. If you're at that level at the top with the, where the elites are, they are the sole beneficiaries, if you want to call it that, of this whole system that, you know, they act like, you know, with Obama, dude, Obama was such a great salesman. OK, and, and I, I, I got to respect game where it's due. You know what I mean? Great salesman could probably sell me something. OK, and I'm pretty skeptical and I'm not a big fan of the dude. But, you know, he he sold free health care that you had to pay for. You know what I mean? Like I, the dude's a great salesman and he compared it to Apple. You know, when you get a new Apple iPhone, there's problems with it. It's like, well, yeah, dude, no one's fucking making you buy it. You know what I mean? So the dude is just such a great and he there's the allegations that he's very involved with the CIA and, you know, not to bring it back too much to Brennan, but I find their relationship so interesting just because Obama seemed to really 
kiss the ring of John Brennan, right? I think John Brennan was sort of like his Dick Cheney because we know it wasn't Biden. You know, Obama said, uh, leave it to Joe Biden to fuck something up, right? He literally is on record saying that. So, I mean, Biden has just always been an empty suit. Um, so I, I do firmly believe that that John Brennan was was uh, Obama's Dick Cheney. And I think that they were trying to push their agenda, which was definitely a little more pro-Islam, pro-Muslim, whatever. Um, it, it's a very interesting dynamic that they had. And just the fact that Trump hated Obama so much and that made Brennan so angry. Um, there's something there, dude. There's really something there. I don't know what it is, to be 100% clear. But tying it back to what I started out the episode with, where this dude's just letting people go that are bringing down the Twin Towers. That's the narrative, right? Um, very shady character. And if you look at the guy, he looks like a frog or something. I mean, he's very scary looking. Pull up a picture of him, Brandon, if you, haven't, if you don't know what he looks like. He is terrifying. Um, but him, just like Obama, they talk in such a charismatic tone, very, very agreeable. You know, John Brennan can sit there and be like, okay, we're going to kill you now and blah, blah, blah. You know, but you'll just be like, okay, that sounds great. Well, Your delivery is on point. Let, let me ask though, I, I, maybe we've talked about or danced around this before. Tr Trump is obviously also a very, very good salesman is the fact that someone, in his own right. Yeah, it's, it's the fact that someone is a good salesman. I understand that there's some you see some differences here in their salesmanship, but is the sure. fact that they are, quote unquote, a good salesman, is that in and of itself a disqualifying thing uh, no. for someone? OK, it, it, but it's it it makes it more nefarious because you think you have that that they have done the things that you think that they have done. Right. That, that's, that's Yeah. So the reason yeah. the reason that a lot of people after someone as clean as Obama and this this one world thing, the, the more I research the Trump uh, Obama dynamic the more I really truly do start to believe that Trump was just on the same fucking team, but he was really put in there to completely throw off people like me. You know, admittedly, I got fooled. I, I'm, I've said this several times where I've always told my dad, dad, elections are fucking rigged. I'm never going to vote because it's a waste of time. Okay. The first election I go and vote for because Hillary Clinton lost, right? I was telling my dad, I was like, dude, Hillary Clinton's going to fucking walk. You know what I mean? She's going to kill him in this election. Um, now I'm starting to think Bill Clinton, who's buddies with him, put him up to it. He was like, Hey man, can you run? Because I really don't want to be the first fucking, you know, he doesn't, he didn't want to be the first, first lady man. Right. So, you know, I don't know, dude, there, there was something very shady and they, all of these, this teasing of indictments. I know I'm ranting here a little bit, but I, this teasing of indictments was so appealing because so much of the conservatives or the libertarians, even a lot of people. We're pretty disappointed with Barack Obama's whole change thing. There was no change that happened under Obama. He ran under change. Um, and I've said this before, but it was the change in your pocket that he that he fucking took. Let me, you know let, what I mean? Let, 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 the, the indictments that you're talking about, which ones are you specifically talking about there? I mean, in in debates, uh, Trump was saying that Hillary Clinton's going to go to jail. You've seen uh, the uh, memes, dude, sure like Hillary Clinton, Brennan, Obama, Bill Clinton, George Soros, all these people, the globalists, you know, the 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 ringleaders of the whole shit, which those aren't the real people that we need to worry about. There's someone above them pulling their strings. You know what I mean? Um, to me, man, I really do feel like Trump bamboozled, bamboozled a lot of us just because we were so sick of seeing such a clean, well-prepped, put-together presentation being Obama, you know? Um, I, I think 
that there is actually a bit of of uh we can we can agree on that and not do it in a me being happy that you're not a trump fan anymore kind of way because i will never be a biden fan though and i think it's no, kind of for shameful sure. for anyone to be a biden fan for, for for sure but i think the did you, know, you see even, him hit on that six-year-old the other day <laughs> no but he the, said even, that the six-year-old sorry to interrupt you but just let me get this out he told this he said on stage this six-year-old in pigtails crossing her legs he was like oh come on man she looks 19 and she's six <laughs> I'll pull up the clip. We can. I'll see if I can. No, it's, share. It, very, very similar to the quote that uh, that Trump had when he was, I think, talking to like nine year olds, and he was like, "Hey, maybe one day you'll grow up and uh, and be my girlfriend. You know, maybe I'll date you one day. Some shit like that." I didn't hear that. That'd be. I, I mean, it doesn't surprise me though. Right, right. It doesn't surprise you, but that that's that really fit the way your sentiment that you just laid out there is very similar to the narrative that most liberals were thinking. That was what most liberals were thinking was oh, happening Jesus. to you, conservative, to you, good-hearted conservatives, when Trump was elected. That's what led him to be elected. Is that you guys are tired of the way that uh, well-oiled, uh, well-oiled politicians uh, that they look so good, and in your guys's eyes, sell you such bullshit. All while looking good. So why don't we guy? Why don't we throw in this guy, who, to a certain extent, a like his not, his not looking good was a a a good looking thing to you guys, right? His his at least yeah. he's telling me the truth. That's seen as a draw for him. So there is there is in there a, a kernel of of agreement. What we do about those things, obviously, we can we can um, we can continue to disagree on. I want to get into a little bit of the history of the way that uh, the U.S. and the CIA has uh, has put its fingers in the, the Middle East, stirred the pot. Again, it gives us some idea of the extent to which they will go uh, uh, and, and the mechanisms that they'll use here uh, domestically, maybe. But what else did you did you have there? Yep. I think you had, did you have the actual quote there? <laughs> well, actually, I was about to pull it up, and I just saw something pretty terrifying um, on uh, MSN, Microsoft News. That Biden assigns Harris another difficult role, protecting voting rights. So Kamala Harris, who we talked about how corrupt she is, okay, with the Knights Templar and the secret police force in California. She was so wildly unpopular that she got out without getting one single vote or endorsement from Democrats. Now she is in charge of making voting fair. OK, and just like I talked about last night with uh, the, the big uh, live stream that we did with all of our friends or most of our friends. Uh, Canada, just during this time of COVID, made it so that we cannot uh, or they cannot uh, hold any sort of uh, regime change or or they can't really vote. The, dem the, de the Democratic policy or the Democratic method is suspended right now in Canada. Um, they said that they were going to vote uh, yesterday or when was it? Yeah. So I saw the article yesterday or two days ago, they said they were going to vote Monday, guarantee they didn't vote to pass it, you know what I mean? Uh, or to deny it, I should say. So we're, we're starting to see this kind of stuff where they're disguising things in the, the mirage of it being a fair and free thing, right? Why the fuck, okay, why do Mexican illegal immigrants, which my heart goes out to these people, man, a lot of kids are being really mistreated there. Why do these kids... And these adults get to come over here without showing ID. They get free fucking money. 
which is tax dollars, right? And then they get to go wherever the fuck they want. They don't have to show ID to get into this fucking country. We don't have to show an ID for a fucking vote, right? But we have to show an ID to buy alcohol. We have to show an ID to, to buy cigarettes. The alcohol is what I'm really concerned about. But just, you know, all the shit, it, it, it cannot make sense. And I know that I'm, I'm completely derailing here, but it just had to tie in with the, with the uh, Biden stuff. But I, we're going to see some serious problems here, dude. And I just can't see. I think that it's a great disservice to our, our method that made this country so great uh to to allow these these policies to really go through without people just bitching you know hard times breed hard men hard men breed easy times easy times breed soft men and that cycle just continues you know what i mean um we are soft men all of us this country has gotten soft and it's a problem dude it's a serious problem um so i go ahead and finish your thing i i can look for this uh thing i don't know if i can share my screen but well, I, I, in an attempt to segue, I will, I will say that part of those soft men becoming a little bit harder is having the manliness to admit that sometimes you need to take care of your lawn, which I recommend the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 <laughs> just for that. Be sure to use the promo code DANGER at... Uh, Look at that. We are at, plugging at, a lot here. Website. <laughs> uh, seriously, guys, really, really happy to have them on board, and they are already giving us some great support. So uh, It is go, exciting, go. dude. Uh, you know, sorry if this seems a little uh, yeah, amateurish, but... No, it just seems fun. You know, it's a cool thing. It makes yeah. us feel like uh, we're big boys. You know, we're, we're big, big boys or girls, big people. Yeah. And it's a it's a fun thing, man. I'm, I'm super stoked. So I'm glad we'll plug them all fucking day. But you know what? We're still bringing the hard hitting shit because, uh, well, you know, let's get into the the um, the history a little bit since we're going about an hour long so far and haven't even really cracked yeah. the the uh, surface of this. Oh, we've been. I think we've been. We trudge around the. the, the I was right doing the. I was laying the groundwork, dude. I yeah. was laying the foundation for the conspiracy, uh, uh, house. Okay, but yeah, go but, for it. Not the, not the castle. Anyways, no, so definitely let's, not. Let, let, let's take a look at a, a an episode of history in the middle of the twentieth century that just in the in the Middle East that just only so few people and only so many people now can say. This doesn't look like a conspiracy, and this isn't something that we should be shaking in our boots about because it holds uh, it holds prospects about the way that CIA can could possibly uh, treat whatever leader in the world that they want to. So let's go to Iran. In 1917, uh, just to give you guys a little bit of background here, World War One ends. Right immediately following that, there emerges this international sentiment amongst world leaders that imperialism right the the practice of having empires is just not a cool thing to do anymore it's not hip anymore it's it's so uh so 19th century right that that sentiment that we shouldn't that the world shouldn't have empires anymore was only strengthened after the end of world war ii now for the purposes of this story the story about iran what that meant was that what that led to was Western and Russian forces being pulled from Iran and from its neighboring areas because like this, this, was, this was done under fear from the Western world and Russia that they might appear imperial if they were to leave their forces in there. Like they didn't want to look like empires because on that time, at that time in the world stage, 
the best country in the world, the one who has God on its side, wasn't an empire. That's just not the way that the world should be run. Um, you know, in this in this new world where empires were looked down on by world powers and where nationalism and national sovereignty was being put on this pedestal, right? Everyone was saying that's what we should want. We should want individual states uh, in the form of nations ruling their own their own roosts. Again, Western states and, and Russia just didn't want to look like the bad guy on that world stage. So after these foreign powers pull out, uh, a whole bunch of shit goes down in this part of the world. Again, I'm speaking about Iran. In 1935, King Reza, or as they would call it, Reza Shah, um, started asking foreign delegates to call his kingdom Iran. This is right where the name Iran came came about because remember the land that land had previously only been known as Persia, right? This is the remnants of the Persian uh, kingdom. They speak what we call Persian to them. It's 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 called Farsi. Um, not not and Persian. Yeah, Persians had the biggest fucking empire in the world at one point, right? Like this is what like the three hundred shit was about, where yeah. this massive tyrannical empire was fighting these free men, right? This is what Greece was supposed to be Sparta specifically. Yeah, Xerxes Xerxes the second had a real, real, <laughs> real reach in this part of the world, and yeah, pushing, uh, pushing up against the Macedonian Greek empires, and also a, a whole bunch of like Indian, uh, Indian empires off to there. And didn't know he was gay. <laughs> what was that? That great South Park episode that had, yeah. uh what was it called? Lesbos, the the bar, and he showed up and he wanted to take over it or something like that. Yeah, this <laughs> is Lesbos. How, how and it's uh, Mr. Garrison, dude. Yeah, that's so funny, man. That's great. So yeah, Persia becomes Iran in 1935. This, this is already after this part of the world has gained its uh, gained its semi independence from foreign powers. Um, and a, a fun note, fun note about uh, the the name Iran. If you guys didn't know, that actually means the land of the Aryans in the Persian language in Farsi. Uh, that, oh, I thought it was a noun and a verb just thrown together. <laughs> so there's also a number of uh, political assassinations that are happening around the early middle uh, 20th century in Iran. A, a number of questionably democratic elections that occurred in the country around this time. And in 1951, this is when shit really starts to hit the fan. Prime Minister Mohammad Mossadegh nationalized the Iranian oil production. Um, it's always a Mohammed, dude. It's, well, just to remind you guys, Mohammed is the most commonly used name I in know. the entire world. <laughs> Isn't that That's weird? a trip. And, and, and uh, Islam is the most popular religion, right? It's the fastest growing, uh, fastest growing religion. Christianity still has it, it, it beats, but by, by a long shot. But it's thank the, God, it's the fastest. Thank the growing, Christian God. <laughs> fastest growing religion. The numbers about um, um, Mormons have often been contested as that, but again, Mormonism is a is an offshoot of Christianity. So, so it's very, very quickly, quickly growing. Um, well, and Mormons and, cheat because they fuck like twenty wives. The real Mormons, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so after uh, in 1951, after uh, uh, Prime Minister Mossadegh nationalized Iran, uh, Iranian oil production, it pisses off England royally. Right. They are very, very upset sure. about this because Iran's oil production in large part had previously been privatized and owned by the Anglo-Persian Oil Company. 
Uh, you guys might not have heard of that company before, but it's went on to become BP, the massive oil conglomerate that we know today. British um, Petroleum, best known for spilling a shitload of oil in the ocean with their careful fucking uh, methods of practice. I know the enemies to to all to both sides here. I, we to can, the seals, we, even man. You start fucking can, with the sea dogs, it really pisses everyone off, man. <laughs> yeah, we can all all get behind hating BP. So that's yeah, that's, that's 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 who was pissed off by Iran starting to exert their own national sovereignty, right? Kind of starting to push away Western powers in particular. Now, it it. it it, so the the idea that the British would have been pissed off because they at that time were trying to rebuild uh, all the damage that had been done to their home fronts um, uh, during World War II, right? They really, really needed that oil. They were in a huge amount of debt selling oil uh, and, and, and exporting it after they've imported it from the Middle East. That's a big, big cash cow. So you fuck with that, the British is gonna the British are gonna start having problems. In addition to that. There's also the Cold War going on and Iran nationalizing something, especially oil production. That looks a little bit too commie to the Western powers in general. I mean, definitely to England, but also America um, is really, really not happy with the way that this big ass new nation that is rife with natural resources is looking a little bit more like Russia. They just don't like that. Keep in mind that this time uh, in, well, in 19, we'll, we'll go forward just a few years to 19. What was this nation again, Brennan? What was the nation you're speaking of? Iran. Did I say it Iran? Okay. Gotcha. I mean, if, did I say Iraq? You did say Iraq. Yeah. No, no, sure. no. You said Iran. Yeah. That's where the uh, noun and verb joke came from. I was just making sure. Because um, I, I just must have missed it. I'm I'm drunk, believe it or not. I'm drinking pile drivers, dude. Have you had a pile driver? It's vodka and prune juice. Prune. Ooh, that's a good mix. No, I've never heard that. Had that one before, man. Well, so pile you, driver you fucked up and keep your your colon healthy. Is that what you're going for? Yeah, dude. It's that's a health. Good. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm trying to. We've done these homeopathic episodes. I'm trying to stay healthy. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so that's that's what happened in 1951. Again, to piss off the uh, the entire Western world here. Fast forward to 1953, though, there is an uprising, a coup. Uh, and what we know about this coup, we'll, we'll, the specifics about it and how we know about it, we'll, 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 how we know what we know about this coup, we'll get into in a little bit. But let's, let's go over what we know about this coup. So this happened as a result of a whole bunch of people not being happy with the way that the country was being run at that time. That's pretty much the narrative for any civil war, any kind of uprising um, that you look back in history and, and, and look at. That's, that's the best explanation for it. The specifics of this one were that the, uh, the, the government was becoming a little bit too uh, secular. And mm. uh, because communists because communism was seen as such a secular force and there's there's evidence to support that obviously but because communism was seen as a secular force western powers really started throwing started having to throw their hats in with you know islamic fundamental organizations you know whether it be I don't know if it's appropriate to compare it to the way that the Trump administration worked with the Taliban but but you understand that if the uh, the person who is pissing you off is arguing for whatever, for more secularism, more religious fundamentalism, whatever, the opposing side that's losing money 
on the way that that country is being run, they're going to side with whoever they want to in order to push some push the ruling government out, right? Or at least make them mm-hmm. look not as legitimate uh, to, to the public. That's a CIA oper- operation too. Dude. Absolutely. You know what a, I mean? a specific, uh, specific uh, CIA operation called Operation Ajax. Yeah. Uh, and, and the UK had a, a, a similar, a parallel operation through Operation Boot. There, this would have been uh, uh, MI, the MI6 group, right? Keep in mind, this is uh, Eisenhower leading the US at that time in 1953. And in the UK, it's Winston Churchill. Um, so the Operation Ajax, though, was directed in part, interestingly enough, by the grandson of Theodore Roosevelt, a guy who has a great name, uh. Kermit Roosevelt. Oh, dude, you know, there's something that rolls off there. I think that we talked about this, too. Hottest first lady ever, Lucretia Garfield. Real name. And she's white. That is that that is crazy on a whole bunch of levels, right? (laughs) (laughs) If you see your picture, it's not hot, but it's just funny that you have a white woman named Lucretia. So this this uprising that I mentioned in 1953 in Iran, it results in Prime Minister Mossadegh fleeing to Iraq to Baghdad first and then to Italy because he knew that this coup was coming. He knew that the public of Iran was against him full. I mean, really, really hated this guy and just foreseeing the shit that's about to go down. He, he hightails it out of the country. And dude, what does, what does Italy have to do with all this shit? Because they're in, they're constantly involved with a lot of shady shit going on between Russia, the U S the Middle East now. I mean, what's the significance of Italy? Do you have you researched that at all? So it, it really isn't specific to Iran and Italy, to the Iranian and Italian uh, relationship. Well, yeah, that, that's it, what I'm saying. It's everywhere. Italy is always dabbling in little things here and there, but they don't have a particularly strong military or anything, right? Well, at least now they don't. That that's true, but the same can be said about French, British, German. And English oh, and know. Russian I connections think, too. Like I they, think Germany and Russia absolutely have strong armies, and and Brit- Britain does too. Still, well, relatively no, strong. Nothing compares sure. to the U.S. For sure, you're saying that you're saying though that there's a correlation between having a weak uh, government. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and harboring these people. I'm just not sure that that is the case. All I'm saying here is that sure. there's a whole bunch of strange connections as as to as far as where people run after they've been de- deposed. It yeah. it. it it, we still have an un- unanswered question here about who was the good guy and who was the bad guy uh, here. Keep keep that in mind. But anyways, after the after this prime minister gets going, the uh, Iranian people install this general Faslola Zahedi as prime minister. He had been the Shah or the king of Iran since 1941. But as uh, Prime Minister Mossadegh started looking less appealing to Western powers, this Shah, the Shah that we installed in 1953, just started looking, just just ended up looking like the next best guy. And uh, there, there's a couple ways that we know about the extent to which the CIA uh, was was involved uh, was involved in this. Um, Do you have C- much information on the Mossad being involved? The Mossad. No, not, I mean, not in particular. That may have been, you may have been, correct me if I'm wrong, but you may have been thinking about the, uh, the 1979 revolution that they played a big part in. Am I correct? There? No, no. The Mossad, as far as the Arab Spring goes, the stuff going on in the, in the, in the, you know, recent years here in 2010, right? Is when we said it started. 
the idea here is that it was either the CIA, the Mossad, or or a combination of both mm-hmm. that really kind of spurred these these uprisings. That's just I was just curious if you had anything on the Mossad. Now the the na- see the names the names of these groups they change so frequently even even their interests change that's why to a certain extent when i'm looking back at history i really i don't see the eisenhower united states as the same thing as the obama trump or biden united states i just think the ideals were so different especially in the way that we look at the the cold war i mean we have a huge swath of conservatives now not as uh, concerned with communism, but more about the countries involved, like China and Russia. Which I actually think that last part is a is a is a good uh, is a good evolution to have, to have happened. I think that that's beneficial for the way that the U.S. Um, thinks about its its foreign adversaries. Well, dude, what's really interesting is that like we we've been pounded in our heads so much that Russia is the problem that people are starting to realize that Russia really doesn't fuck with us now that we we hear constantly that they're that they're jacking into you know like hijacking some things like uh uh cyber terrorism and things like that but there's no proof there's no real proof of that there's fucking proof of china really ruling a significant part of our lives right the confucius programs in universities the investing in in elementary schools um every fucking thing that you have in your home probably Guys, if you are liking the episode so far, be sure to check out the full version available only at Patreon. That's patreon.com slash dangerousworldpodcast. You'll hear Ryan and I go on for another 40 minutes or so. We get deeper into the uh, Arab Spring, uh, talk about the concept of revolution a little bit more, even freedom in and of itself. You're not going to want to miss it, guys. Patreon.com slash dangerousworldpodcast. $3 a month for all the full-length episodes. See you guys there.